The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome back to the Daily Witness Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Van Vieren. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about becoming one flesh. So this episode is aimed at couples, you know, people who are dating and people who eventually get married and for those that are already married. So let's jump into a word of prayer and uh, we can get into today's Bible lesson. Father, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us this love commandment. Lord, thank you that you are love. Lord, thank you that you gave us your love. Like Romans 5, 5 says, Lord, that love is already shed abroad in our hearts. And Lord, thank you that you teach us in your word how to use that love and to prosper. Father, lead me today to say the right things to your people. And Lord, I pray that everyone listening to this is actually going to receive something. Praise God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, um, July is uh, Trevor and Megan's anniversary month and uh, they were led to do the whole month on a series called A Road to a Good Marriage and that's what was being preached at our cell group every Wednesday and uh, the last Wednesday uh, Trevor came to me and he said you know what you and Morris are going to be running Wednesday cell the last Wednesday of the month and uh, obviously we would have to continue in the series A Road to a Good Marriage Now, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm trusting God for the right woman for me. You know, this is what I believe. This is what I preach. This is what I'm practicing in my own life. Um, Marius um, is in a relationship already that he believes, you know, uh, is the right one. Praise God. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, you know what, I, you know, in the natural, I'm not married yet. So how can I be preaching on this? Because there's going to be a lot of people that's already married and they're going to be thinking like, really? And uh, there's going to be people that are single thinking, really? But I thought to myself, you know what? It's not the things that I say that counts. It's what the Word of God says that counts. You know, in times past, I've heard uh, people with children saying that they will never listen to, you know, instruction from people who don't have children. And I thought to myself, you know what? Well, you know, Jesus never had physical children. Yet the word teaches us how to raise our kids. And uh, like, honestly, uh, whatever Jesus said here on this earth in his earthly ministry, he heard directly from the Father. So, you know, when it comes to marriage, I'm just saying, you know, what I see in the Bible. So, you know, it's not you taking my word for it. I'm going to be giving you scripture and you're going to be taking God's word for it because no one knows relationships like God. No one knows marriages like God. You know, I always say that God is, he is the ultimate matchmaker. Praise God. So let's get into our first scripture. So Mark chapter 10, verse 7 to 8, I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. Now listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. 
Now, I'm going to say what I said earlier. Jesus himself said he only says those things that he hears his father say. Okay, so God is leading Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And I'm just repeating what the King of Kings is saying. Okay, so this scripture, this, this is coming like directly from the top. So whatever you see in the word, you want to take notice of it. And this is Jesus of all people. This is Jesus speaking about marriage. Listen to this. It says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. Isn't that interesting? So, um, you know, all what I'm reading now, all what I'm sharing with you now, this is what I preached uh, last night at our cell group. And uh, obviously I don't have Morris's notes here because I preached the first half of the cell and then I handed it over to Morris and he preached the second half of the cell. So I'm just sharing what I shared with everyone last night. So I'm going to read this again. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You know, some people need to hear that. Um, their, their parents are still hectic, hectically involved in their marriages or relationships. You know, there comes a time where a person gets married and they cleave to their partner. And, uh, you know, no longer should their parents have a say. Okay? Because the wife, this is what the Bible says, the wife should submit to the man and the man should uh, submit to the Lord. That's the order of things. Um, the wife submits to the man and the man submits to the Lord. That's how it should go. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, parents that have good intentions. There's a lot of parents that uh, have wisdom, but they kind of go about it the wrong way. And they, they force instruction or they force their opinion, you know. And uh, the best thing that parents need to do, they need to back up and they need to pray you know, for their, their child and their daughter-in-law or son-in-law, whatever it is, they need to stand back and get Jesus involved. They need to pray for them. So anyway, uh, it says, And they twain shall be one flesh, so then they are no more twain but one flesh. This is what Jesus said. And uh, something that sticks out to me, and I know it sticks out to you too, is the two becoming one flesh. Did you notice that it doesn't say that the two become one spirit? No, no, no. They become one flesh. Now, that's quite interesting. Now, in the cell last night, I asked a simple question. I said, what does the, the wedding ceremony mean to you? What does this mean to you? And uh, a few people answered. And uh, to me, well, actually not. To, it's, it's biblical. It's a covenant between the man and the woman. And this covenant, God is involved. So it's between the man and the woman before God Almighty. Because I'm believing for the right woman. I like looking at wedding photos and uh, I follow some, some pages on Facebook about, uh, you, know, you know, these different weddings and all that. And uh, I'm, I'm filling my eyes up, okay? I'm changing the image on the inside of me. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I'm, um, you know, getting used to that idea, you know. And uh, something that I, I've noticed, there's some people that get their dog involved 
on their wedding day. And uh, listen, you can do what you want, but this this is my my opinion. I don't believe that he's right. You know, because the wedding is actually between the man and the woman before God Almighty. Like, yes, we, we love animals, and the Bible says a righteous man considers his beast. You know, you've you got you to consider your beast. But when it comes to a marriage, the marriage isn't between the man, the woman, and the dog. It's between the man and the woman before God. That's what the marriage ceremony is about. It's about covenant between the two before God Almighty. You know, covenant is serious. It's, it's a serious business. Like, if you want to take your marriage seriously... You got to put your partner first place. Uh, this is what I had to say. Uh, to have a good marriage, the two need to become one flesh. Now, you know, just getting married, it doesn't. You know, the, the two don't just automatically become one flesh. It's like, oh, okay, those two are married. Now they're one flesh. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, to become one flesh, you know what needs to happen? The two need to walk in the love of God. Both of them. It's not a one-sided deal. So, you know, the two that walk in the love of God toward each other and toward everyone else, they are going to be molded into each other and they're going to become one flesh and the marriage is going to be successful. The marriage is going to be beautiful. And I'm going to show you a scripture pertaining to that a bit later. But, you know, in the beginning, listen, in the beginning, it's, it doesn't automatically just happen. In the beginning, when two people start dating, there's going to be a lot of creases in the relationship, obviously. Like, uh, you know what, a person, when they're single, they generally live for themselves. They are generally selfish, you know, without them realizing they're selfish. You know, when a person's single, they think automatically for themselves. They live automatically for themselves. They can do what they want to do, how they want to do it, and that's fine. But when they start dating, you know, now... You are dating someone else that used to live for themselves. Now the two are coming together and there are going to be arguments. There are going to be times where you're going to have to speak to your, your partner. There are going to be times where both need to either drop something or meet each other halfway. You know, there's got to be compromises. But when you walk in love, when you practice walking in love, the two become one flesh. It's like, honestly, if you study out the Bible, you're going to see that it's not always the easiest thing, but it gets easier. It definitely gets easier. So let me see. When two people are in a relationship, the whole thing about a relationship is the two people need to be going in one direction. And uh, I used this example. I said, have you ever tried to reverse your car and drive it forward at the same time. You can't. That's why in any relationship, the two need to be going in one direction. This is part of becoming one flesh. That's why like Hollywood, they make a mockery of marriage. In in a lot of their shows, they always make a mockery of marriage. And, you know, the two are always lying to each other. They're always flirting with other people. In Hollywood, they get married and they don't want to drop their selfishness. And I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of women in Hollywood. You know, they get married and they don't even drop their surname. They keep their surname. It's all about them. 
And that's why, like, Hollywood marriages don't last because there's no love in them. So many actors and actresses, you know, they get married for a little while, then they break up. Then they get married to someone else, then they break up. Then they get married to someone else because love is not the foundation. The two have never became one flesh. That's why they break up, because they are not one flesh. They aren't going in the same direction. You know, one person's trying to go in that direction, and the other one's going in the opposite direction, and the marriage just gets ripped apart. You see that? So, talking about the love of God in dating and relationships, let's see what Jesus himself had to say. Now, remember, the first scripture that I quoted was Mark chapter 10, verse 7 to 8. Now I'm going to be reading another scripture that Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 40. And this is once again from the King James. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments... Hang all the law and the prophets. So this was not a suggestion. Jesus, you know, didn't say, hey, if if you're feeling good that day, you can walk in love if you want. You know, if your coffee is hot and you're feeling good and there's, you know, they're playing your song on the radio and you can do a little dance and your money comes in. Yeah, you can walk in love. No, this is a commandment. We are supposed to walk in love with our neighbor. And guess what? That neighbor even includes the person that you're dating. It includes your partner. It includes your spouse. You're supposed to walk in love with them. You're supposed to love them like you love yourself. So you've got to learn to love your neighbor. You've got to learn to love your spouse. Uh, is this love stuff really important? Well, let's see what Jesus once again said. In John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, A new commandment. A new commandment, not a new option. No, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Listen, if you want to have a successful marriage, and or a su successful relationship, you need to walk in love. Why? Because when you love your partner, when you love, and I'm not talking about that filial love. I'm talking about the agape love. That's the love that I'm talking about, the God kind of love. You know, the, the natural love, people will love someone if that person does good to them. And a person will, will dislike them or hate them if that person does bad to them. But the agape love, like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his son because he loves us so much. And, you know, the world was so full of sin. Everyone sinned and came short of the glory of God. But God still sent his son because he loved us. Even through everyone's wickedness, he still loved us. Now, that right there is pure love. He never stopped loving us. There's wicked people in the earth. And guess what? God loves them. He hates their sin, but he loves them. People that commit a range of different crimes can turn their lives around today by just going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I invite Jesus into my heart. I believe that you sent your only son for me. 
You can get saved today. Jesus can take your sin. Praise God, man. So when it comes to a successful relationship or marriage, you've got to learn to put love first. You have to. That's how you become one flesh. So let's see. Did you know that there's no failure in love? You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, this is what it says. It says, love never fails. Now imagine, you know, you are walking in love toward your partner and they're walking in love toward you. Your relationship cannot fail because you're walking in love. And you know what the love of God is all about? You are placing value on the next person. You know, I, I say this a lot and uh, because it's the absolute truth. You know, you cannot say you love someone, but you're cheating on them. You cannot say you love someone and you're abusing them. That's just messed up. Do you love them or not? If you do, stop abusing them. If you do love someone, stop cheating. Just stop it. You know, you've got to make up your mind. Do you really love this person? If you love someone... You're going to change and be the best person you can be for them. It's a very good thing to judge yourself. It really is because, you know, the Bible says, judge not lest he be judged. Don't judge other people. Judge yourself. Who cares what other people are doing? You know, if you judge yourself in a relationship and you be like brutally honest with yourself and you can say, you know what, I don't like this and this and this that I'm doing. I need to change this. I want to be a better person for my spouse you know like for me personally i am in a constant place of judging myself and i'm thinking to myself you know what there's a few things that i want to i want to become a better person for my future wife i want to be the very best husband for her i want to be the type of husband that she can go to the lord and say lord thank you lord you are such an amazing father for giving me such a great guy. You know, that's that's what I want. I want God to get the glory for the type of person he has helped me to become. There's a few things on my list that I'm working on to become a better person for her. You know, that's what makes uh, two people become one flesh. When you're walking in love, you're always thinking how you can improve on yourself to become a better person for your partner. And this applies to both the male and female. Okay, so walking in love, I mean, when the couple makes a decision to put God first, to put Jesus first, to put the love commandment first, and they start loving each other, and they, you know, they drop the selfishness, man. They drop that. And they start putting each other first. That's how they become one flesh. That's how relationships don't fail because now they are walking in love. So, you know, the Bible says in Romans 13 verse 10, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. You know, if you are going to walk in love with your partner, you are not going to do them wrong. You are going to do them right. You know, you're always going to be speaking beautiful words to them and i heard um, i was listening to a teaching one day by the late kenneth e. hagan and uh, he was saying that the sweet words of a wife in the morning can change the husband's entire day 
you know, uh, there are people that nag out there. I'm not just talking about women. There's men that nag. You know, uh, there are people that nag out there. There are people that are always bitter. There are people that are always uh, scandaling. You know, and the Bible talks about a wife that that nags. And uh, the Bible actually says it's better to sit on the corner of a rooftop than in a white house with a woman that does a lot of nagging. You know, um, so it's amazing how one partner... Uh, not walking in love can mess up everything. Now, imagine if they both commit to walking in love. Think if the husband keeps on blessing the wife, not with jewelry and all that, but with words, with actions. Think what will happen when the wife um, keeps on doing this to the husband. Think when they come together and they say, you know what, we a team, we a team in this. And uh, we want to be a testimony for Jesus. We want to be a testimony to the love of God. We want people to look at our marriage and say, man, teach us what, teach us how, how to get there. You know, how awesome would that be? Think when the couple comes together and says, you know what? It's not my money, it's our money. Because we are one flesh. Let's work on the budget together. Let's write things down together. Let's discuss things together. Man, people can have such a beautiful marriage if they just walk in love. You know, um, on the radio quite a few years ago, I heard this one man uh, speaking about marriages. And he was speaking from a place of understanding. You could hear that wisdom um, coming out of him. And he said, you know, when two people start dating, and obviously they are on their way to get married, they need to sit down and ask each other a lot of questions about the future. They need to speak about children. They need to speak about in-laws. They need to speak about what happens if one of their parents uh, falls sick. Are they going to take them in? You know, what's going to happen? Talk about, um, you know, visiting their parents. Talk about all these things. Just get it on the table. You know, find out where each other where they are you know um and i thought to myself man that's brilliant you know don't wait until a person's married and then start asking the hard questions do it early find out where they are because a lot of the time you know like people don't change i've heard of cases when you know people before they got married when they were still dating there was something that their partner was doing that was irritating the living daylights out of them and that situation was never, ever addressed. And then, you know, once they got married, you know, that, that person still doing what irritated their partner. And there would be a lot of fights that came from it. And the other person would just say, you knew I was doing this thing before we got married. Why are you complaining now? You know, you need to address things when you're still dating. You need to practice the love of God early. Because you're not going to get it right the first time. You're going to have to practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it. And man, you can get there. You can get there. So, you know, Jesus gave us a new commandment. And he said that we must love our neighbor 
like he loves us. Let me just go back and read exactly what he says. He says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. And I'm just going to give you three examples of how Jesus loved us and how we are supposed to love our spouses. Uh, Number one, Jesus never condemned us. He's not in the condemnation business. You know, I was thinking of that woman that was caught in the very act of adultery and in their law, they had the full right to stone her to death. But Jesus did not condemn her. He didn't condemn her. Now, Jesus laid down his life for us. He, Jesus was always thinking about the Father, always thinking about his neighbor. And we need to lay ourselves down for our partners. Now, I'm not saying that we need to kill ourselves. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we lay down our selfishness and we pick up love. And we learn to put our spouse first. Just like Jesus put everyone first, we need to learn to put our spouses first. And lastly, Jesus prayed for us. You know, a lot of couples want to try and fix things up by shouting at each other. And they have these massive arguments, you know, and sometimes men abuse the authority and they say, I'm the head of the house and wah, 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 wah. You can't fix your partner. You need to pray for your partner. You need to pray for them in love. You know, praise God. You know, bring them up before the Father. Say, Lord, I love them. I love them. Help them to see this, Lord. Lord, I want them to have success in this area. I want them to grow. I want them to become an even better person so they can be a testimony for your goodness. And Lord, while I'm praying for them, Lord, I pray for me as well. Help me to become a better person. Help me become a more loving and understanding person toward them. Well, you guys get the idea. Keep your partner in prayer keep blessing your partner keep walking in love with your partner keep forgiving your partner keep putting their needs first above your own praise god you and your partner can become one flesh the key ingredient is to walk in love love never fails and the love of god it's not an option it's a commandment from our king of kings and our lord of lords If anyone knows about marriage, it's God and he is love and he has given us his instruction manual to a beautiful marriage of becoming one flesh and that is to walk in love. And, you know, don't wait until your spouse jumps on board to walk in love. Don't say, hey, I'm only going to do it if you do it. Start, Start doing it now. Start putting them first now. Start loving them. Start showing your love. You know, the Bible talks about love being an action. You know, start acting out on that love. Start blessing them. Start going the extra mile for them. And I believe, I really believe with all my heart that when they see you do it, they're going to jump on board. Praise God. God is good. God is good. I hope you got something out of this. I hope that there are certain things that stuck out to you that meant something to you. I hope that you practice the love of God in your relationship because I want the best for you. I really do. God loves you. We love you. And remember, faith comes by hearing. So keep on hearing. Hey, everyone. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow Into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.